Welcome to our Wednesday service. I trust the Lord gave us a good weekend and that the Lord blessed you wherever you were in your homes, listening to the message, fellowshipping with your family members, talking with them, praying, and then of course giving to God. We need to continue because we must find a way to exist in the circumstances. We can't just sit and wait <clears throat> until there will be that open time when we can come to church and uh, be together and be as before. We do not know when this will end. COVID-19 is still taking its toll. So we must do what we must do for us to exist. The scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone. We cannot as children of God just sit at home and just look to what to put in our stomachs and that's all and then not care on how spiritually we are living we also need the word of God. We need it to be talked to, we need it to be ministered to, we need it to feed. Uh, you can do that, uh, reading the word of God, sharing with your family members, but also you need a servant of God to stand and minister to you or sit and minister to you because he has been called uh, for that purpose. So you cannot just be eating natural food and be comfortable with that. You need spiritual food too. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of uh, God doth man live. So you need to spiritually feed. Uh, some saints are saying, well, I don't have data. I don't have a smartphone. And so I'll wait until the church uh, starts gathering together when we can have a pastor in the sanctuary and all of us are there and then he ministers to us. I'm waiting for that time. That's not being wise because do you know when this will end? You mean you will only be eating natural food and not really eating spiritual food? Hasn't the scripture told us that you, you also needed the spiritual food? The, the scripture that I've just quoted, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, man shall not live by bread alone. You also need the word of God. You also need to feed your soul. Uh, you don't only need to feed your body, your natural body, you need to feed uh, the soul. So don't let the soul starve. Don't be unwise. Uh, men out there that were living from hand to mouth, hand to mouth, and uh, work was stopped, men have thought, they have sat down, they have said, what do I do to eat? What do I do to feed my family? They are not just seated and waiting for death. Uh, they know to do better than just to do that. They are looking for ways. How can I survive? Not that they are stealing, not that they are robbing banks, but they are looking ways, honest ways, 
in which to exist. They are not just seated at home and waiting to die. They have looked for ways how to put food in their stomach, how to put food in the stomachs of their family. That they are wise. That's why the scripture says in Luke here, just a few remarks before we enter into the message. If you can turn with me to Luke chapter 16. Men are not just waiting and saying, well, until I go back to work, that's when um, I will get money to feed. Uh, if it takes so long, I will just die. No, nobody is doing that. They are looking for every means. Every, they are looking everywhere. What can I do? How can I get money to feed my family? And for us children of God, we just sit there and just naturally eat. Say, I don't have data. I don't have a smartphone. Even without a smartphone, the, the message, you can uh, get it from audio. You can go to child of God that has a smartphone and record, and you'll be listening. You must do something to feed your soul. You just cannot sit and just wait to spiritually die. Uh, why haven't you waited to spiritually die if you were one of those that were uh, getting from hand to mouth or living from hand to mouth? Somehow you know how to survive um, uh, naturally, but to survive spiritually you do not. We must do what we can, what we must do in order to spiritually survive under COVID-19. What can we do? And as a church, as a ministry, we have come up with this. You can get us on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, so that we can do what we are supposed to do. We can't just sit and wait until churches are opened up and every person comes and then we start preaching. No, uh, the children of God will die. They will starve, uh, spiritually speaking. So we have come. We have done what is possible. Even people that are not really devoted Christians, but they have churches, uh, they, they have sort of a way to feed the flock. So you as a child of God don't just sit living on day to day, day to day, and your spirit, your soul is not being fed. You need to be fed spiritually. Do everything within your power, not stealing, not robbing, everything within your power to make sure that spiritually you survive. And uh, it is important. The scripture says here, that's why men in the world beat us. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. The children of this world men out there that were living from hand to mouth, from hand to mouth. Their work was stopped. They sat down and said, what do I do? They have looked for ways where they can get money and buy food and survive. Not everybody has died. There, there might have been some that have died of hunger, probably, but not to where it's alarming. And so they have sort of ways where they can really get food 
and survive. And as children of God, we, we are just careless. We are just waiting for that time when the churches will be opened up and every one of us will come. My brother, let not the devil take advantage of you. Make sure that you feed your soul. Make sure that you spiritually feed. You cannot just live by just cornmeal, portion, uh, beans. You cannot just live by that. You need to feed spiritually too. And before or after, like I said, before you listen to this message, you can have a time of prayer. Or after listening to this message in your home, you can have a time of prayer with your family members. Make sure you touch the Spirit of God. Make sure you commune with God. Make sure there is a touch, there is an unction in that room, in that house, where you feel you have had the touch of God. You, the Spirit of God has touched you. Not just to live carelessly and you're just eating and waiting to die. That will not be wise. How can men in the world be wiser than us? They have thought of ways to live, to get food. Uh, naturally speaking, they have thought of ways how to exist. And we children of God are so careless, we are willing to die while looking, spiritually speaking. So we better do something. And uh, another scripture here that challenges us in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes. If you can turn to uh, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11, you are waiting for perfect uh, conditions and uh, until all is well um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 um, and verse uh, 4 Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4 the King James Bible says he that observeth the wind shall not sow and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap I like what the living Bible says the living bible says if you wait for perfect conditions you'll never get anything done if you wait for perfect conditions you'll never get anything done i'm waiting until the churches are opened up then i will go to church and feed my little soul that's not being wise child of god saint of god that's not being wise you can't wait for perfect conditions. The ministry here has not waited for perfect conditions to minister to you. We have had to come up with a way in our modern world in order to feed God's people. That's what we are required to do. Not to just to sit and wait for perfect conditions when the church is opened up, when we are able to go to church and talk to the saints and minister to the saints of the word of God, uh, we are able to go back as we were uh, looking for perfect conditions. No, under this lockdown, what can we do to feed God's people? Under this lockdown condition, what can we do? 
to take care of God's people. We have not waited for perfect conditions. We are doing everything possible in order to minister to the children of God. And the child of God, I'm encouraging you, don't just sit in your house and go about to your little life at home and uh, not feeding at all, not caring. The ministry is, cares about you. The ministry loves you. The ministry has taken trouble to see the way how they can get it to you. So don't just sit and wait for the church, do, church doors to open. Uh, there is an avenue under the circumstances, under the circumstances uh, where you can feed your soul, uh, where you can uh, really listen to the word of God being given by your pastor. And so uh, don't wait, child of God, for perfect conditions. Uh, do everything possible, whether you listen to this message by audio or you are seeing it just on listening it from Facebook or YouTube, do the best. Don't starve yourself. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Uh, I think <clears throat> another one was the, the, the second the kings. Um, these lepers were were wise. Four lepers. They said, uh, we cannot uh, sit here uh, and wait till uh, we die. We must uh, do something. We cannot just sit here and uh, uh, wait for perfect conditions. Uh, they said, sitting here today, the gate until uh, we die. We are not going to, to do that. Uh, we are not going to watch ourselves uh, perish one after another, die one after another, die one after another. Said we are not going to do that. We better do something. They said, why sit here until we die. Uh, they, they, they began to, uh, to look up, uh, for a way where they could uh, survive. He said, if we go into the city, there is a famine. If we sit here <clears throat> at the gate, we shall die. There is, if we go to the city, there is a famine and we are going to die. If we sit here at the gate, we will also die. There is no food here at the gate. But why don't we venture into the army of the Syrians and see if, we, if they spare us, well and good. If they kill us, we better die while doing something. Why do you decide? He said, we can't sit here and die. Let's die while doing something. Let's not just sit here and, keep, and wait for death to take us. Look at the wisdom. People that were outcasts, they, they had better reasoning than most of us better reasoning, said we cannot sit here die. Why do we sit? Why should we sit uh, 
um, here until we die. Here in Second Kings and the chapter uh, seven, turn to Second Kings chapter seven, and there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, "Why sit? Why sit we here till until we die? Why do we sit here until we die?" That's not wisdom. Just sit in your house, just be in your house, just doing your own little business, those of you that are working, just working and working and working, but you are not feeding your soul. That's not wisdom. Child of God, that's not wisdom. Messages are being preached. Your pastor is ministering to you. Look for a way where you can listen to the word of God. Don't wait until the church is opened up. And I said, we have said, this is the beginning. Do you know what is ahead of us? Do you know how life is going to be ahead of us? Do you think everything will be always business as usual? Circumstances are going to change. Things in this world are going to change. What are you going to do? Uh, will you just uh, sit and die? And in fact, that's why in God's wisdom, he has provided a final resurrection for such people that want everything brought just to their doorstep. They will not go out to work. They will not take trouble to see how can I listen to the message that is being given by my pastor. How can I, how can I do that? But uh, they just sit until things become perfect. I'm waiting for perfect conditions. I would like to tell you, in God's wisdom, God has provided a final resurrection for you. The second resurrection where you will meet Mussolini, you will meet people like Hitler, you will find yourself in the midst of such people because you didn't want to bother life trying to survive spiritually. You wanted it just to be comfortable, you just wanted it to be all right, you just wanted it to wait for everything to normalize, you didn't wait to, you didn't want to take any trouble. David said when he was trying to buy a field to where he could build an altar, and uh, uh, the gentleman wanted to give him freedom, he said, no, how can I give, how can I make an offering, a sacrifice for that which costs me nothing? He says to offer something to God, it must cost you something. To serve God should cost you something. Uh, listening to God, the word of God, if it costs you something, that's, that's okay. That's good because uh, the word of God is precious. So these lepers, people that were minimized, down looked upon, uh, people that uh, were out, outcasts of society, they said, we can't sit here and we die. We must do something. So they say, in verse 4, we are in Second Kings chapter 7 and verse 4, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and what will happen? We shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Both ways, there is death. So, what do we do? 
Now therefore come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. In any case, everywhere is death. Let's die while doing something. What a decision by the lepers. Let's die while doing something. Let's go to where there is food. Let's try. Let's struggle. Uh, that was the food uh, in the arm of the Syrians. That was the food there. He said, Let's, if, they, if they can have mass upon us, if God can touch them, if they can have mass upon us, my God, if they can give us, uh, we can get food there, or if they will kill us, it will be, we shall be do, uh, dying while doing something. You better be inconvenienced. As long as you are going to get something precious, why should you lepers do better than you who is whole? Uh, God forbid. So we know so there are some careless children of God that are just mining to feed their natural bodies, not caring, listening to these messages. They say data is expensive and don't have a smartphone, giving every kind of excuse which is not wisdom. You wanted to survive spiritually, you will die. You will die spiritually. I'm telling you, you will spiritually die. You are not making an effort to listen to God's word. You are not making an effort to make sure that your family listens to the message. The man of God has made an effort. He has taken all that trouble. Your pastor has taken all that trouble to make sure you are fed and you are just seated at home just doing your own, your own business, you are going to spiritually die. Again, I say you are going to spiritually die. Uh, you better become wise. Uh, if you don't, that's why in God's wisdom, he has provided the final resurrection, the second resurrection for people that have such an attitude, don't want to be inconvenienced, don't want to spend anything, as far as the spiritual things are concerned. We can spend as far as natural food is concerned or natural things are concerned. But when it comes to spiritual things, we shouldn't spend anything. We shouldn't spend a penny. We shouldn't. It should be free like we have been uh, going on. That is not wisdom. So, man shall not live by bread alone. Make sure that you are feeding uh, yourself spiritually. Now, continuing in our message, we were now going to address each of these eight stages. You remember, we divided the uh, end time events into eight stages, and we covered all those eight stages. We went slowly so that we can uh, get what we are talking about. We can get uh, the meat of the message. And so we shall try to go slowly and uh, make sure that we get what this message is all about. And we promise that we will do go from stage by stage into detail quoting the scriptures. So before we do that, I will want to mention this, that 
We are going to address each of these eight stages in detail, relying exclusively on the Bible for authority. Where do we get the authority to make statements that we are going to make? This information, we are going to rely exclusively on the authority of the Bible. That's where we are going to rely, our, the authority, what makes us make such statement as scriptures from um, the Bible. And I think that's what Jesus did. Remember when Jesus came, he says, my doctrine is not mine, but of one that sent me. And God the Father sent Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, whatever he said, is what he had learned of the Father. Is what he had been taught of the Father. He had the mind of the Father. He had the understanding of the Father. He had the spirit of the Father. And whatever he did, he didn't do anything outside the Father's will. He says, my pleasure, what pleases me. Uh, what satisfies me is to do the will of God. What I do and I feel contentment, what I do and I feel satisfaction is when I do the will of the Father. That's my meat, that's my food. When I do something that really uh, is the will of God, that's where my satisfaction comes from. And to the religious world in his day, Jesus Christ, many times, even sometimes to his disciples, he could say, have you not read? Have you not read? In other words, Jesus Christ, whatever he did, the authority was from the Torah. The authority was from the word of God. The authority was from the law the prophets, the Psalms. And so, let me just give you, just to confirm that, if you can turn to Matthew chapter 12, our authority is going to come from the scriptures. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 3. But he said unto them, have you not read? Maybe we back it up to understand what we are talking about here. But when the virus, uh, verse 1, at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, through the corn, and his disciples were unangered, and they began to pluck the ears of corn uh, and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. They were choosing uh, the disciples to Jesus Christ. You see, your disciples are doing something that is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. And this should remind us that you cannot just take one scripture and get a hold of that and hang on to that. You must read the entire Bible. What does 
what do the rest of the scriptures say? Just don't just hang on one scripture. The Bible is balanced. The Bible is one. And so these were just Sabbaths, Sabbaths, Sabbaths. Uh, they are not keeping the Sabbath, but they hadn't read other portions of the Torah, other portions of the law and the prophets. They hadn't read. That's why Jesus Christ is, whatever he did, he had the backing from the scriptures. He had the backing from the word of God. Then he tells them in verse 3, but he said unto them, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 3, but he said unto them, have you not read what David did when he was unhungered and they that were with him? He says this was unlawful for David and the men that were with him to eat that which was holy. That was not for, uh, for them. This was unlawful. Why did David do this? He says, haven't you read? In other words, there are some exceptionals, exceptions to the general rule. God can do something that will look as though he's out of his way, but he knows what he's doing. So Christ reminds them, have you, you just know only one portion? You haven't even known this, that this was also done. What we are doing right here uh, is similar to what David did, David and his men did. Have you not read? So the authority was from the scriptures. Also in Matthew 19, Matthew 19, and... Um, Matthew chapter 19 and verse 4. Maybe we back it, back it up. Verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? They were tempting him. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Have you not read? You are coming, you are tempting me. Have you not read what the scriptures say? And we don't have time to read all through to get how he finally put them in their place. But what I brought us here is to show whatever Jesus did, the authority he took from the scriptures. Matthew 21, verse 16. Uh, backing it up from verse 15, Matthew 21, Verses 15 and 16. And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple, and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were so displeased. And he said unto him, Hearest thou what they say? 
Jesus says unto them, You have never, you have, have ye never read? In other words, are you not aware of this? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Says, are you just reading one portion of the Bible, one portion of the scriptures, one portion of the Torah, and you are not reading the rest? Don't you see where, what they are doing that it is scriptural? Right there, Jesus <clears throat> shows them what they didn't know. Then in Mark, Mark chapter 2, verse 25, you can also start from verse 24. The Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they why do they on the Sabbath day which is not lawful? This is what we read about in the book of Matthew. Mark also has recorded it. We are not going to read it again. Let's go to uh, Mark 12. Mark chapter 12. Um, and... Uh, verse uh, 10, Mark chapter 12 and verse 10. And have you, let me begin verse 9. What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the husbandmen, and he will give the vineyard unto others. And have you not read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner. The scripture. Have you not read what we want? Have you not read everything Jesus did and said? It was in line with the scriptures. Everything that he did. In verse um, 26. And as touching the dead, is that came to prove him that, uh, 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 and as touching the dead, that they rise. Have you not read in the book of Moses? Come on. How? In the bush, God spake unto him, saying, I'm the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Talking about the resurrection here. Those that came to try him, if you want to get um, uh, the story, we can start from verse 20. Now, there were seven brethren, they are giving these Sadducees that uh, uh, didn't believe this group that didn't believe that there was a resurrection and they gave the example you know the story very well I think we don't need even to go to that story Jesus is 
telling them in verse 27, He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. He therefore do greatly err. Now, I need to explain something right here. When he says he's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living, as far as God is concerned, he sees Abraham in the kingdom of God, declaring the end from the beginning. It is true at the time Christ was talking, Abraham was dead and Jacob was dead, but in God's mind, so to speak, he sees Abraham in the kingdom of God. Abraham was one of those, one of the elect that would be in the kingdom of God. And as far as God was concerned, he's seeing Abraham in the kingdom of God. Like he can see men of you or men of us uh, in the kingdom, those that God will privilege to make it in the first resurrection and make it in the kingdom of God. Uh, he sees us in the kingdom of God. True, we are going to go through death, but as far as God's mind is concerned, he already sees us, he sees us already people living in the kingdom of God. That's why he says he's not a God of the dead. Those that have died in Christ are not going, have not perished. They are going to live. And as far as God is concerned, in God's mind, he's seeing them in the kingdom. And so, he says, have you not read in the book uh, of Moses? In other words, whatever Jesus did was in line with the scriptures. Whatever Jesus did was in line with the scriptures. He never did anything outside the scriptures. So, whatever we are going to say here, the authority is going to come from the scriptures. Now, Jesus, uh, Jesus prophesied here in the book of Luke. We are continuing in our message. He prophesied in the book of Luke chapter 21 and verse um, 24 and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. This was a prophecy by Jesus Christ that Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So, he prophesied about Jerusalem and that's why we say God has a timetable. He's not working haphazardly. Everything 
is going to go according to God's timetable. That's why in his prophecy it says here, until the times of the Gentile, he has a every act, major act. We are not talking about little things that happen in life, but major events have their own time. He has tied timetable to them. Even for Jerusalem to be trodden down by the Gentiles had its timing. So, let's continue. From Abraham until the time of Christ, the natural children of Israel were God's chosen people. From the time of Abraham to the time when Christ came, the natural nation of Israel were God's chosen people. That's a fact that we must admit if you're a child of God, you're a Christian, no nation has been chosen like the nation of Israel. God loves every nation. We know that. He's the one that takes care of us. He's the one that feeds us. Uh, he loves us. Uh, he has not really <clears throat> forgotten us. That's why he sent his son. That's why even he raised up an apostle to the Gentiles. Not that God hates the Gentiles, but when it comes to a, a, a special relationship, Israel has a special relationship with Almighty God. Whether we accept it or we don't accept it, Israel has a special relationship with the Almighty God. God loves the rest of the nations, we Gentiles, whether Americans, whether Russians, whether Chinese, Arabs, Africans, every, he loves us. He made a way when the Jews rejected the Messiah, uh, the time of the Gentiles started, came in. And we have that opportunity to come closer to him. Uh, to prove that, uh, turn to the book of Deuteronomy, Chapter 7, the autonomy chapter 7. And uh, you will see what the scripture says here. The autonomy chapter 7, verses 6 through 8. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are on the face of the earth. A special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. There is no nation that has a special relationship with God like the nation natural Israel has. He goes on to say in verse 7, 
The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. That tiny nation, Israel, few they were when God chose them. Few. Verse 8. But because it was a choice of God, because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sown unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen and uh, the out of the house of bondmen from the hand of fellow king of Egypt. A special choice God chose. And salvation was exclusively, salvation was exclusively a province of the Jews. Proven here in John chapter 4. John chapter for salvation was ex exclusively for the Jews. Verse 22. You worship, you know not what. Uh, let me read it again. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Salvation right here, properly spelled out, was exclusively for the Jews. Thank God for his mercy. And the early church soon had to turn from the Jews to the Gentiles. When the Jews couldn't recognize the Messiah, rejected the Messiah, then God turned to the Gentiles. That's when we got an opportunity to get salvation. And uh, it's proven here in the book of Acts, chapter 13, and verse uh, 46 and 47. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, the Jews. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, law, we turn to the Gentiles. Said, Now we are turning. To the Gentiles. It was needful that we start with you. This was yours. But now you reject. We are turning to the Gentiles. For so has the Lord commanded. So us saying. I have set thee. To be a light of the Gentiles. Uh, that thou shouldest be. For salvation unto the ends of the earth. Now the early church 
sooner hard to turn to the Gentile. The scripture is very clear here that that's why uh, God called Paul to be an apostle to the Gentiles. So, God turned to the Gentiles to take out a people for his name, even as it is proven here. He's speaking one Gentile after another, sometimes in tens, sometimes in hundreds, sometimes in thousands, speaking Gentiles for his name. In Acts 15 and verse 14, Simeon has declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. When the Jews rejected Jesus, when they rejected the Messiah, then the Lord turned to the Gentiles to pick out a people for his name. Aren't we blessed? Why aren't we grateful to God? Why don't we bless God and thank God for his mercy that he could remember us, we that were considered as dogs, and the Lord remembered us. Let's not misuse this chance, this opportunity that God has given us. Let's work for God. Let's live for God. Let's do right. Let's please God because it's a blessing for God to pick us Gentiles when salvation was exclusively for Jews. So, let's continue in our message. Although God turned to the Gentile church or to the Gentiles to pick out, the time of the Gentiles is not unlimited. Don't think we Gentiles, we shall always have the time. It is limited. It's not unlimited. It is limited. The Lord will turn back to his chosen people, to the Jews. Time is coming. Like I said, God has a timetable. Time is coming when God will return to the Gentiles. We return to his, no, I mean to the Jews. When the Lord will return to his chosen people, the Jews, at the end of the Gentile time. So, the time of the Gentiles will be fulfilled in one last prophetic hour. The time of the Gentiles will be fulfilled in one last prophetic hour. In Revelation 17, Let's turn to Revelation 17. There is a prophetic hour that we are beginning to be, be acquainted with. There is a prophetic hour. In Revelation 17 and verse 12, And the ten horns which thou sowest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast, 
one hour, one prophetic hour with the beast. So, there is a prophetic hour. In Revelation 18, just going ahead, in verse 10, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, the mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Right there again. In one hour thy judgment is come. There is a prophetic hour. Verse 17 of the same chapter, Revelation 18. For in one hour uh, so great riches is come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the company in ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off. One hour is there again, for in one hour. Verse 19 also. And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city wherein we were made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of the uh, coastlines for in one hour is she made desolate in one hour so there is a prophetic hour question is how long is this prophetic hour or the last prophetic hour. How long is it? Now, numerous prophecies establish that the most significant end time, the most significant end time will transpire within a seven year time frame. The most significant end time will transpire within a seven year time frame. And that time frame is divided into two right in the middle. It is divided into three and a half year segments. That seven year period is divided into three and a half year segments. In other words, right in the middle. 
So, this prophetic uh, hour right here is seven years.